when you hear of someone suddenly having to step down from a ministry role, whether it's a Catholic priest, a Protestant pastor, maybe it's someone involved in some sort of apostolate or missionary work, but when you hear that someone in a position of leadership has had to leave that work, where does your mind go? What is your automatic suspicion of the reason that they left? Well, because of all of the abuse scandals that have come to light in the last couple of decades, it's natural to think that there might have been some sort of sexual impropriety. Before I was Catholic, the pastor of the Protestant church I attended, he announced he had to step down from his role as our pastor, that he was unfit to lead the people of that church, but it wasn't because of an affair or any infidelity to his wife. It was something else. I'll explain what it was coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Josh Rayner. Well, here we are again, Friday, end of the week. Glad to have you here for this hour of spiritual direction, trying to understand how God is leading, working in our lives together, and glad to spend this hour with you here on The Inner Life. So my wife and I, we had been attending this particular Protestant church for about four years at the time, and we had actually become pretty good friends with the pastor, his name is Mark, and with his family. We were very involved in the church, helping with the youth group, doing other volunteer work there. This was early 2004, and I was nearing kind of the end of my journey into the Catholic Church. I was already attending RCIA classes at this point, and I had spoken to Mark, our pastor there at that Protestant church, about the fact that I was looking very seriously at becoming Catholic, and I would probably stop attending the church there, that Protestant church, quite soon. Mark and I had actually been discussing my journey of learning about the Catholic Church for many months, and he was very kind, very understanding um, about my decision to convert. I, I was already looking ahead to some date in those first couple of months of 2004 where I could kind of step back from the volunteering, the commitments that I had there at that church as I would become Catholic. But I didn't want to leave too suddenly, you know, uh, leaving a, a hole there. Giving I wanted to give them enough time to find others that could cover the things that I had been doing. But a few weeks before I had planned to leave that church, one Sunday morning, toward the end of the worship service, Mark, he had stepped back up to the pulpit there in the church. His sermon was over, the last song had been sung, and normally he would end the service, the morning, the Sunday morning service, with a prayer. But that day, he said he had an announcement, and he just started. He said he needed to leave his role of being the senior pastor of that church. Mark explained that he was dealing with a sin in his life that he felt made him unfit to lead the congregation, and the sin was impacting his relationship with his wife and his children, and he said he would be leaving the church immediately. The sin that he was struggling with was anger. He was finding himself unable to control his anger in different situations, especially more and more in his home life. And the sanctuary was completely silent as we all just sat there listening in shock to Mark. You know, he's opening up, he's making this public confession to everyone. And I think if, you know, for somebody who knew him fairly well, like myself, we all were stunned. You know, nobody really saw this side of him. 
And Mark, he concluded by saying that the associate pastor would take over all of his responsibilities, and he just asked all of us there to pray for him and his family. And that was it. He left. He was gone. After that, Mark and I would still meet up occasionally for lunch. We'd catch up. I am glad to report that he and his wife, they're still together. They were able to make it through that. Um, this, they actually celebrate their 45th anniversary this year. Mark was able to get through, work through some of those anger issues, but it took time. He was out of that role of ministry. He stopped working as a Protestant pastor for about 10 years. Anger is such a serious problem in our society today. Over and over, we see so many images, so many videos of angry people. Angry individuals, yes, but then also even angry mobs. Is anger something that takes hold of you? Maybe occasionally, maybe far more often than occasionally. Do your emotions get the better of you and you start to let that anger, that frustration lead you down a path that later you regret? There's another problem with anger too, not just the actions in the moment. It's where you can find yourself holding on to that anger, letting it hold and build and grow. If you're dealing with anger in your life, what can you do to truly move past that anger? Well, this is what we want to talk about today on The Inner Life. We want to understand the dangers of reacting poorly when we are angry, of holding on to that anger, and the reality of how anger can hold us back from knowing God better, from growing in relationship with God. We want to discuss how we can let go of that anger, how we can allow God to work in our lives so that we can become peaceful and patient. We can become merciful and forgiving. And helping us look at this vice, this sin of anger today, Father Joseph Ilo is back with us once again as our spiritual director. He is a priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, and he's the pastor at Star of the Sea Parish in San Francisco. Father Ilo, welcome back to The Inner Life. Glad to have you here. Thank you, Josh. Great to be back. And i got to say that I am sometimes afflicted by anger like everybody else, and so we all speak from personal experience when we talk about this sin of anger. Yeah, I think this is one of those, you know, it might be something small in your life. It might be something that has maybe a, a bigger hold on you. But in one way or another, I think you're right, Father, all of us seem to deal with anger. How we deal with it is an important aspect that we can get into here. Um, you know, it's maybe to start off, Another word that's often used is that word wrath, um, but they seem to be wrath and anger. Those words seem to be used interchangeably in the catechism of the Catholic Church. Anger or wrath is also listed as one of the seven deadly sins, and that might be a good place to start. Why is anger potentially so dangerous for us that it's one of those seven that seem to be listed higher than any other sins or vices that we look at in the moral life. Well, we've all wondered that, that especially people who may be prone to anger have a temperament that is more irascible, and they say to themselves, I can't help it. I just have this feeling of wrath or frustration. Why is it such a terrible sin? 
And the the answer, of course, is what damage it does to our relationship with God and those around us. Why is it a capital sin? I think that wrath is a capital sin because it disables us. It undoes our peace more than many of the other sins in life. Now, the other capital sins, lust, sloth, greed, gluttony, envy, pride, also to some degree disable us, but nothing like anger disables our peace. And without peace, we will not be able to see clearly. You you know how sometimes when you get angry, you physically see red. There's something in the ocular nerve that gets inflamed or something and, and or or you you uh, can't see even things i mean i i have i remember um getting very angry at somebody and everything went fuzzy in my vision i was so angry and that just makes life impossible we can't possibly drive our lives steer our way through life if we can't even see, if we, we don't have peace, can't think straight. So I think it's a fundamental sin, one of the seven deadly sins, because it makes us unable even to think clearly, to see clearly, to make coherent decisions. Uh, the, with the seven deadly sins, those capital sins, they are they're categorized with kind of the premise that they can lead us into a variety of other sins. They're kind of the starting point. When it comes to anger, what are some of those other sins that might come about if we don't deal with our anger? What are some of the things we might see ourselves you know, falling into? Yes, what we might call the unholy daughters of, or offspring of, these, of the sin of, of, of anger. Well, obviously, it begins with insults or uh, uncharitable language. So speaking to somebody in a slighting way, and then perhaps that will graduate even into outward, outright insults. And then the insults are traded and it, and it escalates. Then there are passive-aggressive or active aggressive actions, for example, uh, making somebody's life difficult in the workplace or um, limiting a person's freedom at home or with friends or giving somebody the silent treatment. But it can, of course, escalate even unto physical altercations and, and even murder. This is the story of Cain and Abel, one of the first stories in the Bible. How is it possible that it came to this, that a brother would kill a brother? And the brothers, the, the slain brother's blood cries out from the earth. It, it never stops crying out for justice. So all the injustice in the world, really, so much of it comes from anger. And uh, if we don't manage, we don't purify our, um, our anger. And as I say, anger is a feeling. It's morally neutral. It begins as a, a, a morally neutral passion, 
but it's what we do with it, as you said. And if we don't do something good with that, if we don't exercise our will and our reason when we have angry feelings, it quickly escalates into very, uh, very bad sins. Yeah. Oh, well, and let's get into that, how, how we deal with that feeling in just a moment here. You know, you, you're talking about it being a neutral uh, response initially, but it's what we do with it. But um, I want to go back first to, as you're talking about some of these other, um, you know, these unholy daughters of the sin of anger that you're talking about, you mentioned there might be passive-aggressive behavior or responses. Um, you, you said that injustice itself is mainly born out of an angry response to something that is occurring in, in, uh, in our surroundings. If we don't necessarily see ourselves as, you know, I, I, I think I don't have a problem with anger, um, but hmm, I do seem to have some of these other things that you're talking about. I, I often find myself maybe acting in an unjust way towards other people, or I know that I can have that tendency to be kind of passive-aggressive, trying to just push other people's buttons. Could I be in danger of maybe not recognizing that there is some latent or some uh, subconscious anger that I just haven't dealt with in my life? Yes, I think passive aggression is always an indication of anger somewhere. And we live in a uh, developed, a sophisticated society in some ways that makes it impolite to say what we think. And so uh, passive aggression is endemic to these kinds of societies. And therefore, uh, it's masked. So the anger is hidden under niceness and passive aggression. So we have to be aware of uh, when we're being hypocritical, when we say nice things to people, but inside we're turning a knife in, in, their, in their wounds. And how do we get down to the anger? Well, of course, uh, prayer is the beginning and end of all of our interior, our inner lives. Right, right. So we have to bring our sins to prayer. That is, if we become aware of a sin of hurting somebody even passively or obviously actively, we bring that to the Holy Sacrament of the Eucharist, to confession, to the silence uh, before God. Counseling can help as well. A, a good, now, it's hard to find a good Catholic counselor, but if there's a really deep and persistent problem with, with passive aggression or, or active aggression anger, then uh, a licensed counselor could be very helpful. But as I say... Um, the vast majority of therapists these days are not grounded in the gospel. So be very, very careful about, very discerning about finding a, a therapist. Talking with Father Joseph Ilo today on The Inner Life. He's the pastor at Star of the Sea Parish in San Francisco. Talking about that capital sin, that one of those seven deadly sins, anger today. And maybe you've dealt with anger in your own life. What has helped you 
to let go of that anger in your life? When did you realize this is becoming a problem for me? I need to do something. Are there any uh, tips, any strategies, any recommendations that you might have of how you have been able to let go of that anger, been able to remain calm, to be able to find that peace that God wants to give each one of us that, that we seek for in our lives? Maybe you are struggling with anger right now. It flares up at different times, and you don't seem to be able to get it under control. You'd like some advice. You'd like some insight from Father Ilo. You can call us. Our phone is open for your call right now, 888-914-9149, to call into the studio here, 888-914-9149, and our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Father, before we go to our first break, let's go back to the um, what you were saying about the emotional response of anger is neutral to start with. It's what we do with that that can lead us down the path to sinning. St. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, he, uh, he ends up echoing the words of Psalm 4 where he says, be angry but do not sin. And thinking about how with anger, unlike I think almost any of the other seven deadly sins, I don't think you could make the same case that they start out neutral. You know, there's never there's never a good time where uh, you should be envious or you should be gluttonous. Um, mm. You should lust after somebody. But with anger, it it's kind of unique in the situation that it seems you can be, as St. Paul says, you can be angry but not sin. Can you help us kind of understand how we can have that emotion of anger, but then how we need to direct that, how we need to respond to that emotion through our actions, through our thoughts, so that we don't sin? Right. So (laughs) St. Paul was an angry man. He had a lot of energy and um, he expressed it sometimes in his letters, and he even he asks pardon of his sins of anger at times. The thorn in the flesh that he mentions uh, three times, he begged God. Now, this could have been anything. He doesn't say what it is, but maybe it was anger. A lot of people think thorn in the flesh, some kind of sexual temptation, but maybe it was his habitual anger. I mean, he was a choleric by temperament, obviously. Well, he wasn't the only one, though. Our Lord himself was angry at times and expressed that anger. So, for example, uh, the money changers in his father's house in the temple, or angry words at the Pharisees. So the feeling of anger, as it first comes to us, is morally neutral. What we do with it makes it sinful or virtuous. So you can, and at times we must, express righteous anger. That's what Paul says, be angry, but do not sin. I think something uh, St. John Chrysostom, for example, said regarding anger, he who is not angry when he has cause to be sins for unreasonable patience is a hotbed of many vices. Now, John Chrysostom himself was a very energetic and probably a choleric temperament as well. So what he means here, and of course this is a translation from probably he, he's, 
either Latin or Greek, I'm not sure which language he gave this homily in, but um, he was not angry when he has cause to be. That means he who does not express righteous anger in a righteous way sins. Thomas Aquinas also says in the Summa Theologica, the lack of the passion of anger is also a vice, for it is a lack of movement in the will directed to punishment by the judgment of reason. So it is reasonable and good at times to express a righteous anger when there is something very unjust happening. For example, I don't think anybody would contest that Martin Luther King's righteous anger, but it was expressed with calmness and rational argument, but it was anger. There was a lot of energy, even in his I Have a Dream speech. So not to express that is to permit injustice to prevail. Now, where it becomes sinful, anger, where, where anger becomes sinful, is where we give in to contempt for the recipient of the anger. So you can be angry, but when you sin in anger is where you despise the person who is causing this feeling of anger. And that's the really difficult thing to do when somebody, perhaps a spouse or, or somebody you live with, is continually aggravating you. It's very hard not to take that personally, that is to uh, respond to the person, to hurt the person that's hurting me. But we can, with God's help, uh, declare that what a person's doing to me is not right and should change, but without hurting the person in our, in our um, turn. So there's a distinction. I think many people don't realize in a passive-aggressive society like ours that righteous anger is valid and is virtuous. But the distinction between righteous and unrighteous anger must be understood. Right. Well, and maybe we can talk about after the break. Um, it, it, it probably doesn't take very much for us even if we have that righteous anger, to accidentally fall into an area of sinful anger. Um, you know, even if we start off with good intentions, it's easy to cross that line. Uh, again, talking with Father Joseph Ilo today here on The Inner Life, and our phones are open for your call. The number into the studio here, 888-914-9149, talking about the sin of anger, how we overcome that, how we are able to deal with that in our lives. How have you been able to deal with anger, be able to move past that anger in your life? Maybe you haven't been able to let go of anger. You've been holding on to it. It's been growing, it's been festering, and it's something that you know you need to let go of, but you don't seem to be able to do that. You'd like some advice from Father Ilo. That's exactly why he's here to talk to you. 888-914-9149, and we will be right back here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at RelevantRadio.com slash Gregory. That's RelevantRadio.com slash Gregory. 
This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Good afternoon, good morning, wherever you, you might be listening. I'm Josh Raymond, speaking today with Father Joseph Ilo. He is the pastor at Star of the Sea Parish in San Francisco, talking about the sin of anger today, how we can get past that anger that we have in our lives. Maybe it's something that uh, really has a hold on you, and you're looking for some advice on how you can let go of that anger, be able to move past that anger which is not a diff- uh, not not an easy thing. It can be a difficult thing, especially if you have been hurt, if you've been wronged by somebody, maybe again and again, maybe they hurt you in a very serious way. And it might be beyond your ability alone to let go of that. And that's why uh, it's important to remember what Father Joseph Ilo said in the last segment. We always have to begin anything that we're dealing with in our lives, especially where it comes to areas of sin. It starts with prayer, and it ends with prayer. You have to start and end everything with that relationship and that calling out, asking for the help of God. Again, our phone number, if you would like to call in with a question for Father Ilo, 888-914-9149, Father, right before the break, you were giving us kind of that distinction between how we can express anger in a good, a righteous, a holy way. But then, of course, the thing that's easy to fall into is the other side there, where it isn't expressed in a righteous way. We take that emotion of anger, and we do something that harms somebody else. And, you know, one of the things you said is we despise the person who has hurt us. And that word, I think, is, is very key and kind of goes along with what the Catechism says about anger. Uh, it's worth noting that the sin of anger is in the Catechism under one of the Ten Commandments, the commandment, you shall not kill, um, which if, if you associate anger with killing, with murder. You know, you, you had mentioned the sin of Cain against Abel. Uh, it really does put it in an area that, you know, we, we think that murder is probably one of the worst sins you can commit, one of the worst crimes out there. But we allow ourselves to get angry so easily. Um, if we actually put it in perspective and said, wow, it falls in that same category as murder, as killing, I think we all would be a lot more reluctant to let ourselves fall into being angry, Father. We would. The catechism number you're referencing, maybe our listeners might want to look it up, is 2259. Under the fifth commandment, you shall not kill. And it speaks about Cain and Abel. God says to Cain, what have you done? And we have to ask ourselves when we're angry, we find ourselves in an angry paroxysm of rage. What am I doing? Step back, take take a deep breath, look and listen at what's happening around you. I remember one time not long ago, talking with some very close friends about problems in the church and the archdiocese, and I was expressing anger. And one of the women looked at me and said, Father, look what's happening to you. I, I had to kind of look in a you know in a mirror in my mind and say, look at look at your face. It's angry. It's your tone of voice. So 
that's what we have to do. Step back and say, what am I doing? Help me, Lord, not to be angry at, a, at anyone, angry perhaps at situations and behavior, but never angry at persons. Father, let's go to the phones. And again, the phone number to call into the program today, 888-914-9149. Lisa is calling in from Orange County, California. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to The Inner Life. You're on the air with Father Ilo. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, So I was was young, and it was an arranged marriage, and my uh, ex-husband was 20 years older, so, and used to beat me up. So it's been years. We divorced. I went my way, and he now passed on. But I feel like I try very hard, and I pray every day. And I feel like I think I forgave him. I don't think I'm angry with him, but I'm hurt. Is that the same thing? (laughs) Like, you know, I'm hurt. Mm -hmm. No, thank you, Lisa, for telling us what so many people go through. But I always think that if you are able to pray for a person, you do not hate them. Yes, you were hurt. You can't not be hurt by what he did to you. And who knows, again, why he did it. Maybe he got beat up as a kid or something. Who knows? So you, we cannot judge a person. We, but of course, you have to judge actions. Now, the question is, feeling hurt, does that mean you're angry at him? If you're praying for him, you're not angry at him, or at least it's, you're not sinfully angry because you're doing what you can. You cannot undo the past, but you can uh, do something in the present, and that, that is to pray. People come to confession, they say, I hate my ex-husband or my ex-wife. And I say, do you want them to go to hell? I've never had a person say, yes, I want them to go to hell. I said, then you don't hate them. You're hurt by them. You're tempted to be angry and hate them. But if you pray for them, you don't hate them. So keep praying. For, you, you have to love him. As unlovable as he may have been, you must. That's, that's the commandment, love one another. And you, you don't, love is not, a, not essentially feelings, but a decision. And you have decided to pray for his soul. So God bless you. Lisa, I hope that helps. You know, one of the other things uh, that might be good to talk about here, going back to the catechism and uh, a few paragraphs later than what you had referenced in that passage where it talks about Cain and Abel, uh, paragraph 2302, it references anger there as well, and it quotes St. Thomas Aquinas, um, it, it initially says, anger is a desire for revenge. Then the quote from St. Thomas Aquinas is, to desire vengeance in order to do evil to someone who should be punished is illicit, but it is praiseworthy to impose restitution to correct vices and maintain justice. It's the first part of that, you know, the vengeance part, in order to do evil to someone. And I think that kind of, you know, goes back to what you're saying. If, if you are praying, if you still want the good for someone, if you ultimately want that, their good, even though there might be some very deeply hurt feelings, you might not even want to be around that person anymore, 
but if you're not looking to do evil to them, that might be a good kind of barometer to understand, am I falling into that sin of anger, or am I still okay here? And of course, like you say, if you can pray for somebody, uh, Father, that I think gives you a clear answer on that question, too. Yes. Uh, Lisa said, we've gone our separate ways, and that's what has to happen sometimes. Human relationships are a mystery. It doesn't mean you hate the person. It means that you can't have a life together. Now, we have to be very careful about divorce um, and, and giving up too soon. We, we live in a throwaway culture that gives up very quickly. And, and so divorce has become a real problem. But there are times when either with divorce or not divorce, you have to separate either permanently or for a time. It doesn't mean you hate, and especially if that former spouse is the father or mother of your children, you have a, a, a grave responsibility to show charity towards that person, especially with, with the children uh, looking on. Father Joseph Ilo is our spiritual director today on The Inner Life, and we're talking about the sin of anger, how we are able to move past that anger, how we ensure that we don't fall into that sinful response when we find ourselves angry, and how we can have that righteous, that holy response to anger when it comes up in our lives. Maybe you have a question for Father Ilo. Maybe you are really struggling with anger in your life. You're welcome to call in and speak with him, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And uh, we've got a lot of calls on the line. We're going to try and get to as many of you as we uh, can here this hour. James is listening in Philadelphia. And James, welcome to The Inner Life. Glad to have you on the air. Thanks, Josh and Father Ilo. Um, Father, I've been struggling with anger probably most of my life. And matter of fact, I without exaggeration, can say it's ruined my life and has damaged the lives of just about everyone around me. Um, It's something I just can't seem to wipe out. I struggle daily with it. I've confessed it multiple times. I pray constantly. I'm at a loss. I just don't know what to do. Do you have any suggestions that might help? Well, thank you for being so honest, James. It's a cross. It's a cross that you bear and others bear with you. As you say, it's when it gets out of hand, it ruins everything around you. But one thing is to know that, that God has permitted this in you, and, and who knows why. I mean, part of its temperament, part of its how we were raised, part of its the current circumstances of our lives. But it comes down to being a cross. And so to think, um, to be angry that we have this anger cross, it just compounds the problem. So try to be peaceful. Say, I've got a problem with anger. That's my cross, and I'm going to live with it as best I can. So first of all, acceptance. Second, to pray for the grace of meekness. Meekness is the antidote to uh, to anger. Uh, Pope Francis says that Uh, Meekness brings people together. Meekness can conquer many things. As our Lord said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. In one sense, James, you've lost the earth. You've you've lost so much through your anger, through the expression of your anger. But you can get it all back, in a sense, by, by practicing meekness. 
How do we practice meekness? As I mentioned before, meekness is essentially patience, taking a deep breath. Uh, so when you're, you're tempted to respond to somebody, you, you have an angry feeling and you're tempted to act on that feeling in a negative way, take a deep breath, say a Hail Mary, listen, look before crossing the railroad track. And, and then the next step, of course, would be gracious acts of charity. Someone you're angry at, um, going a little bit the extra mile to smile at them, to, to do something concretely um, helpful to them. Father, you know, as you're talking about these different ways we can respond and just being able to take that deep breath, I know in my own... <laughs> In my own life, in my marriage with my wife, there have been times where, you know, we'll get into some sort of argument. There'll be whatever the little spat is, you know. Not, it's it's rarely ever anything serious. I couldn't even tell you, you know, the last argument we had, what it the, the actual topic was. But somebody says something, things get heated, and I, I have this attitude. I just want to address and deal with everything and get it all kind of settled with immediately. My wife wants to just kind of step back and say, wait, let's, let's just let's walk away and come back later, which is actually a much better approach. And, and I, I know that I should have her approach. And when I do actually listen to her and say, okay, fine, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it in just a little bit here, giving that separation, it just lets me cool off. It lets me be able to start thinking rationally again. And I start recognizing where I have maybe, uh, you know, said some things that might have been wrong or hurtful or, you know, I, I wasn't expressing myself the way I wanted to. There's so many different things that can just be solved by being able to take that, that short break. You know, it might be 10 minutes, might be a couple hours, whatever you might need there. But, you know, not, not just saying, no, we have to talk about this right now. Um, I, I've seen that at least help in our own relationship. Yes. Now, <laughs> your wife has a different temperament than you do, and she, her temperament is more, um, I don't know, phlegmatic or something. Maybe yours is more choleric. Cholerics and sanguines like to get things done quickly. Uh, I should say cholerics. And, so um, it's important to learn the temperaments. Uh, we priests uh, in my diocese went through a, a course on the temperaments, and it really transformed our relationships because you'd become angry at somebody because they didn't think the way you did. When you understand why people don't think the way you do and how they do think because of their God-given temperament, it becomes a source of joy and humor. You can almost predict what someone's going to do if you think about it. So I highly recommend with the people you work with, live with, the people you love, um, learn their temperament. That is, read a book on the temperaments and try to understand why pe what makes people tick. Again, our phone number, if you'd like to call in and speak with Father Joseph Ilo, 888-914-9149, talking about anger today, one of those seven deadly sins. How do we deal with that anger when it rears its head in our lives. 
What's the way that you've been able to do that in your life? Maybe you are struggling with anger. It's something that you don't seem to be able to get past. It has a hold on you, and you are holding on to that anger. You'd like some advice, some insight from Father Ilo. Again, the phone number, 888-914-9149. And we'll be right back with more of your phone calls right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Looking for a new job? How about one that offers you opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit RelevantRadio.com Forester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app, talking today about anger that sin that can really take hold of us, that can uh, cause so many problems in our lives. How do we move past anger? How do we find peace? How do we find that love, that charity that God wants us to have towards others, even when it seems like, oh, that other person has done so much to hurt me? How can we be merciful? How can we be forgiving? And uh, that's what we're talking about with Father Joseph Ilo, our spiritual director here on The Inner Life today. And the phone number, if you would like to join the program, 888-914-9149, Father, before we go back to the phones, one of the things we've been talking about is ourselves, you know, if I'm the one who's angry. Um, one of the things we might talk about is if I'm on the receiving end of somebody's anger. I'm not angry with them, but they're, they're angry with me. What do you think is the best way that we can respond? You know, there, Jesus says, you know, if, if somebody strikes you, you know, turn the other cheek. Um, what are some of the ways that we can respond to maybe diffuse the anger in somebody else and help them so they don't continue down a path that leads them to sin? I, I want to tell a story about Mother Teresa, who was begging for bread for her children, and she went into a bakery, she asked, and the guy behind the counter spat at her, and um, she wiped her face off, and she said, well, thank you for that for me. Now could I have something for my children? So turning the other cheek, she literally turned the other cheek, I suppose, uh, wiped her cheek off and turned back to the man. That's heroic. That's that's an act of grace, so we should pray for the grace to be able to turn the other cheek. It's not natural to our human psyche where where fight or flight is the natural response. But to turn the other cheek means to stand our ground, to say to the person that's offending us, you're offending me, it's not right, but I love you. I still love you. So, again, what's the solution to all of these things? Deep breaths. Let the Holy deep try to breathe in the Holy Spirit. Call upon the Holy Spirit when you you have these kinds of very challenging situations. Yeah. Say a prayer, take a deep breath, and then respond in charity. Well, and and asking if if you know that there is that you know, that you deal with that in your life, not just waiting for the moment to take that deep breath and say a prayer, 
but praying for the days, weeks, months before you ever find yourself in a situation where you might be angry, um, the more that you spend that time asking for God to work in your life. Uh, and, and, and I would say, boy, especially praying the rosary is a great, mm-hmm. uh, a, a great devotion that can help in so many ways to overcome sin in your life. Um, Father, again, we've got a lot of people on the phone, so want to go back to the calls here. Leo, listening and calling in from Sacramento. Leo, welcome to The Inner Life. You're on the, the air with Father Ilo. Thank you for taking my call. Um, for context, I'm a sanguine phlegmatic and um, heavy on the sanguine, and I tend to be very patient with other people, very patient, um, except myself. Um, so maybe that this question might be helpful for others, but, you know, how does someone who is less patient with themselves can maybe, <laughs> maybe approach that? And I guess for context, such as driving off and forgetting the one thing you needed and realizing once you, you know, get there and, you know, you make a comment like, oh, man, you know, or, or something like that. Um, mm. how, how does one deal with uh, maybe learning to be more patient with oneself? Thank you, Leo. Well, you know, Leo, you and I are both men, right? And uh, men need a lot of exercise to, to be patient. That is, uh, we have a lot of energy, testosterone. We need to work it off. So, I think one of the so prayer, yes, you start with prayer, but to be patient with yourself is first of all to pray, God help me to be to love myself as much as I love others. Love one another as you love yourself, well, or do unto others. Um, try to love yourself. I mean, loving ourselves because we don't own ourselves, we we belong to God. So why would we disrespect God's property, which is ourselves? Pray, but also, um, are you doing your exercise? That is, are you sweating it out? Are you, um, I, I, in the seminary, I, I was a young man, uh, 24 years old, I think. And I was, it was a hard to live with a hundred other guys, all with different temperaments and everybody angry at each other all the time. So I remember we would, a lot of us would run a mile or two a day. And at the end of our exercise, we would be exhausted. And it's real hard to be angry at people when you're exhausted or angry at yourself. So I I think for men, make sure you get manual labor or physical exercise in. That can help. I hope that is helpful, Leo. And uh, again, if you joined us late, if you didn't hear some of the opening conversation with Father Ilo, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the entire podcast when it's posted here. Um, it'll be posted shortly after this broadcast ends in about four minutes here, and you can find that at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Uh, Father, getting pretty short on time here, but let's try and get one more phone call in. Patty is listening in San Diego. Uh, Patty, really quickly wanted to get you on, but it sounds like you've been able to make some progress in overcoming anger. Uh, I have a little bit. Uh, am I on? Yes, now? you're on the air. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you know, um, Father, for the longest time, uh, I I felt like anger was the right way to um, fix things, but I mm. didn't have a really good grasp on it, and it ended up um, dividing our families, and mostly because of my blowout. 
um, mm. as time passed, I realized that, you know, I read over and over and over, um, I guess it's Corinthians 14, about the definition of love. And I, it hit me that, you know, the part that says love does not um, keep score of wrongdoings or it does not take offense easily. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, I've been so proud all this time. Like, oh, you made me angry. Oh, you hurt my feelings. Oh, you did this to me. And I realized, oh, my gosh, you know, that was the source of my anger in many respects. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the task that I have now is to try to mend all the broken bridges in our family, you know, that mm-hmm. I had caused. Mm-hmm. And... um you know, yeah, it makes thank thank you, Patty, and it's great to hear a success story. You found the answer in the Bible, First Corinthians thirteen. Actually, love is patient for all of the impatient people out there. That's the first description of love. But it goes on, Paul says, love doesn't keep score, doesn't take offense. Some of us are more prone to taking offense, or even maybe no offense was was intended. Well, now you're mending, and. I was thinking of James from Philadelphia that, uh, man, I've just ruined my life. I ruined everything around me. That may be true, but we can mend. And so God bless you, Patty, for not only seeing what you should not do, but then rebuilding after you know what you should do. Uh, Not going to have time to take any more phone calls here, but uh, Father... We mentioned the section in the Catechism that talks about this, the end of the 22s, beginning of 2300 paragraph uh, section there mm. uh, that follows uh, falls under the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill. Uh, in our last 30 seconds here, any other resources you might recommend if somebody wants to uh, you know, look at, at, at how they can overcome anger, something they might read? Well, sure. Uh, um, well, I always recommend a book by Father Jacques Philippe called Searching for and Maintaining Peace, because peace, meekness is the uh, opposite of anger. So this book has helped me personally. I I buy them by the dozen from Amazon. I pass them out. Just a small book, Father Jacques Philippe, P-H-I-L-I-P-P-E, Searching for and Maintaining Peace. Wonderful. Well, Father, we've got 15 seconds. Can I ask you to offer a blessing? May the blessing of Almighty God be with all of you and keep you peaceful and calm in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Thanks so much, Father Ilo, for being with us for this hour. Again, the podcast, it's available at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Hope you have a wonderful and blessed weekend. Make sure you make it to Mass this weekend, either the vigil on Saturday or Sunday. And stay tuned. Daily Mass starts right now.